Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How you doing, Richard? I am doing quite well. Uh, yourself? Fantastic. It's another day in paradise designed uh, by a, a deity that doesn't understand paradise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you have two tickets, maybe, uh, no. to get to that that's, that's one of the problems. Uh, they, they don't give enough tickets, and, and you're in line for a long time, and then then there's the then there's the just general malaise that goes along with it. Well, but, you know, pack your bags. We'll leave tonight. Well, on any trip, what can definitely make the trip better is music, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. A little bit of music. We're repeating a bit of an experiment that we had tried on a previous episode. And we thought it was kind of fun and maybe a ride that the rest of you wonderful listeners might want to take along with us again. We each picked a CD that we were familiar with or an album or a cassette or 8-track or whatever you want to consider it, a collection of digital information, and gave it to the other individual to listen to and kind of come up with a reaction to uh, reflect it off of our own um, palette and history and just kind of give a gut reaction, you know, right? Uh, a gut reaction, yes. So uh, I, I think that's an important part. Uh, I don't know how many times you listened to the CD or the album that I gave you, um, but I tried this time to listen to the one you gave me multiple times because I tend to have a an immediate response uh, to most things I listen to of, eh, that's bleh. So I've got to m give myself a little bit of an opportunity to like it more right. by listening to it multiple times. So I definitely did that this time. I am similar in, in, in certain respects. Uh, I, I like to think that I'm not as much like that as I used to be. I still, there's no way around that initial knee-jerk reaction, whatever it is. But yeah, I tried to listen to it more than once and I did. I got, got through it twice, and I, I feel I've got some decent reactions. But let's start with the album that you gave me. Who did you choose? Uh, how did you kind of come into contact with it, and why did you choose it? Well, the let's do a little backstory, I guess you could say. We've discussed between you know ourselves what are some of our favorite music, some of our favorite albums, our favorite genres. Um, and it tends to revolve around a certain era and some of my favorite bands um, I've discussed in the past were Soundgarden, uh, Guar, and Primus. And all three of them have equally good uh, vocals coming from the, the bands. <laughs> so that, that's a, I brought that up because that's an interesting point of discussion for later when we're talking about these albums. But anyway, uh, I've had a real, I had this stretch recently where I just listened to every Primus album in succession, in randomness, uh, repeatedly, uh, over and over again. It, it was, it was about a month ago. I was just continually listening to all the albums again and just remembering and rediscovering how much I just, I love all the, all the Primus albums. Um, even some of the little, you know, they have an EP, they have a couple of things in there. So they're just all, to, to me, they're some of my favorite albums ever. And 
what I chose, what I wanted to choose for you was a Primus album. I wanted actually my my initial thought, and this was honestly, this was probably back in March. I was like, we should do another album swap. And the album that I was listening to in March was Antipop by Primus. Mm-hmm. And that one's got a lot of different producers for each track on it. It's more of a rock, rock not what you traditionally think in terms of a Primus album. It's kind of more rock oriented. Um, and it's it's a real it's really an underrated Primus album. I was like, this is the one I'd give to Ken. And you know, after discussing what we wanted to do. I ask you a question about, well, how familiar are with are you with Primus? Like, have you listened to them very much? And you said yes. So, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give a rehash of things that you'd already listened to. So, what I chose instead was a what I what I chose was Primus, but not really Primus. Mm -hmm. So that was my way around it. And what I chose was the album by sausage is the technically the name of the artist <laughs> um and the name of the album are riddle is riddles are abound tonight now this album uh and, and be honest with you the first time i i actually saw anything about this album um because i because I collected the, the the Primus albums when I could. And, you know, I was younger. I didn't have a whole lot of money. But I had a job, and I'd spend my money on the CDs. And if you're if you're able to watch this recording on YouTube, I'm going to put a little thing here. And right in front of the camera, you'll see it's probably backwards. You can't really read it. But it's the label on the back of my CD that I actually have for this from BMG. Uh, most of us had BMG or Columbia House. Yep. So uh, I was a Columbia House guy. I, I had both. So this is one of my BMG albums that I got because it was in there, and I saw uh, Les Claypool. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, let let's go with that." But this album is the quote original lineup of Primus. So before Primus as it's known right now, this was kind of like a, an, an original iteration of that band for like three weeks. Yes. And the, the drummer that is on this particular album has done a lot of work with Primus recently as they've kind of sifted through drummers or as Tim Alexander has kind of gone away for, health reasons and come back to the band jay lane is the drummer that's on sausage and he's done a lot of touring and a lot of performing with primus on and off more recently um and todd huth is actually mentioned in some songs actually some primus songs and he's the guitar guitar on here so it's it's they they made this album they went on tour for this album as mm-hmm. well yeah uh, i do believe they're in what lala Lollapalooza. they were that sounds right was one of their headliners for for this particular one and, and actually i i never had him i never had mtv i never had any of that stuff but they did make a video for one of the songs and that video did show up on beavis and butthead so folks might have actually seen 
this song and didn't realize that was Les Claypool because the there he's like pedaling a a bike and it's this weird blue man group trampoline two story it's this weird mechanical thing that they're pedaling and functioning on while, while they're doing it it's weird yeah as you'd expect it's weird but uh there there are other iterations of some bands like Les Claypool will do his own thing but this one was kind of Primus without it being Primus and I even I love I love CDs because they have the liner notes to them and you get to read things in the liner notes and the liner notes for this particular album one of the things that um, gets me is uh, produced by Sausage so like they produce their own album well that makes sense uh, engineered by Les Claypool, so he did all the boards. He did all like the work for it to to do all the the all the the mixing, all the lyrics. So, yep. And then music by Sausage, lyrics by Les Claypool. So like this was a this was really kind of a self made album that they recorded at a, a local studio and put together the thing all by themselves and then released it. So uh, I don't know. It's one of my favorite one offs that that Les Claypool has done, and he's done a lot. This is one of my favorites, and it's from '94. I want to say, um, so it's old. <laughs> I mean, we're old. Yeah, it's old. Um, well, and that's so, the beautiful thing about having that kind of a relationship with a band over the years. You're you're kind of privy to the little nooks and crannies and the the special things that just give you a little thrill. Yep, and like I said, I just got. It's always great. I wish I, I love this type of discussion that we have because it introduces potentially us to other types of music and artists. And I've been hungering like for the, like the last couple years to find something that's different or something that I haven't listened to or something that I can listen to. Um, you know, but I just haven't found that one. And when I go go back to some of these, you know, you'll have I'll have those weeks where I just listen to all the Soundgarden albums over and over again, just because they're so to me they're so good. They're like they're like that comfy blanket that you get to listen to these things, and they're, they're so familiar, and you know the ins and outs, and you know the progressions of the songs. I don't know. It's just you get stuck on those things, and this is a a little bit of a diversion from getting stuck on the same thing, even though it's technically the same thing well to a certain extent you know I'm, I'm giving you something you haven't heard before and uh while i had heard the other primus album that you had mentioned i definitely had not heard this uh so you know we're, we're getting exposed to a little something different and that's kind of the the route to how i came into contact with uh this baroness cd that i gave to you so mm-hmm. the um the specific band that I uh, chose to give music to for Richard was a band named Baroness. Now, they are a heavy metal band based out of Savannah, Georgia. They, when you, when you, calling them heavy metal is not, not entirely accurate, I don't think, but it's as close as you're going to get. Uh, they have a, a, a lot of different elements that go into uh, into their sound and that have influenced things. And the, the band itself, much like Primus, has just kind of morphed over the years with different members coming in and out. And they've got uh, uh, quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of CDs that they've uh, racked up 
and created music. And a lot like uh, certain other artists, one album to the next is not necessarily familiar. So they do alter their sound over time. There are going to be elements that are going to be similar, but uh, but you will definitely see a progression and a change. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I chose it. So how I got exposed to it is when I moved to Bloomington, not too long after I moved to Bloomington, um, one of my favorite things that I like to do is anytime I can find a, a record shop, CD shop, I will just talk to the person that's working and say, I want something new to listen to that I've never heard. I don't know this person. I haven't talked to this person. Here's what I like. What would you suggest? And I'll just shoot down anything that I've, I've heard. It's like, no, I, I want something I haven't heard. And this, uh, this guy right out of the gate said, okay, I've got you. Because I told him, it's like, I, I kind of like heavy metal, but I prefer somebody that could sing, uh, not just scream at the microphone. It's not that I don't sometimes like that too, but at the time I wanted something that had melody to it. And he said, okay, I've got something perfect for you. And this is the CD that he suggested to me. And then I ended up getting a bunch of the other uh, stuff that they made too, because I liked it well enough uh, to, to want to explore more because it's, it's very, it's very different. Um, and a lot of their stuff takes on a more, it's not exactly an orchestral kind of arrangement, but it's definitely not, not, it's not a standard pop arrangement. It's not a standard metal arrangement. It's, it's intended to kind of be a little more of a journey. I always felt. So I thought it's like, you know, this is probably like nothing that <laughs> Richard has heard. It may even be confusing. So this is perfect. This is what I'll give you. And you do bring up a, a good point. Um, I touched on it earlier, you know, our, our age group had BMG and Columbia house, right? Where that was kind of your avenue to collect music yeah, in a certain sense. And it's not like you could hop on the internet and research. No. You could do word of mouth. Or like you said, if you had a place that sold albums, you could go to that location and talk to somebody about different artists who may have heard those or had exposure to them. And you don't have that now. Now, one of the neat things that's in your world and not so much in mine is there's still that comic shop mm -hmm. and you can still go to talk to somebody at a comic shop and say anything new or do you have, of course you can go read on the internet, but the person who lives experiences and lives by that, you can go and talk to someone at the comic shop and say, tell me about something that's out that I may like. And that's a unique experience that I think a lot of people listening to music nowadays that are new to music they're just not going to get that but the advantage is, is a little different in that and I, I talked about this on one of the podcasts that i did a, a while ago which was if you have the opportunity to have a music subscription and you're okay with you're able to pay that five or ten bucks a month for whatever it is that opens the doors too because you could just go and hit this album and push play and if you don't like it, there's no obligation. If you like it, it's something you can repeatedly listen to. So that you're not quite getting that input from a person in a certain sense, but you're not getting any of that purchasing obligation for that album that like, I just spent 13 bucks on this CD and I don't like it. And then what? <laughs> you try to go to Karma and sell it and there's five other ones there. <laughs> so uh, 
I, I think that experience in itself is unique and different and, and, and something worth undertaking, I guess you could say. Well, and, and to to that point, you can still find those places. There's still local record shops if you're in an area of sufficient size. Like in Bloomington, there really is only the Karma. There, There's not really anywhere else that you can go, and it's not... It's not the same in some respects. You're, you're not guaranteed on some of these more franchise style places to get somebody that really knows music. You may just get some college kid that needs some extra money to work and you that could expose you to some other stuff could be really interesting. But um, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of a different thing than than conversations, but it still exists. I mean, you got like Reddit. I mean, I, I guarantee you there's Reddit sub forums about music where you can talk about it. But the problem there is one of the keys of these conversations is to get a feel of the person that you're talking to, to kind of see where they're coming from just a little bit as they're giving you the recommendation. And without the benefit of tone uh, over an all text medium, it's a little more difficult whether you're talking about social media, Reddit, whatever. Uh, so you're, you're, you're gambling a little more. I like your idea of the of the subscription service to a certain extent, but there are problems with that too. You still have to know to look for something. And, and the, more often than not, from what I've seen, the stuff that they're going to promote is not necessarily the stuff that you are going to like. It's the stuff they want you to listen to. And you're also it's creating a, the algorithm from the algorithm, stuff that you do yep. like that they're trying to kind of sort of match. But... I have yet to see an algorithm that works very well in that respect for a good chunk of the population. For me specifically, you know the uh, arguments I've had with uh, <laughs> with YouTube and and Google uh, over their particular choice of music. That this is related to what you want. No, it's not. <laughs> it's nowhere near. It is related, Guns and Roses. And let's hear the same three to five songs, but also in succession and then multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not going to devolve into that particular particular um tantrum that i can get into but uh, before we get into our reflections of what we thought about these particular cds don't forget to check us out on social media now if you're listening to this you probably already know about it but just in case we will remind you we are at real pudding guys on twitter we are at pudding guys on both Instagram and Facebook. We are also uh, in, a, in a wonderful place that for just a dollar a day on Patreon, you can become one of our patrons and support us as we create new content, as we interview new people. Last week, we spoke with uh, Liliana Tandon. That was great. We've talked to people from Star Trek. We've talked to people from superhero shows. We've, we've managed to have some really fun conversations. We want to keep doing it. And this is one of the things that helps us do so. So definitely visit our Patreon and, and take a look and keep your eyes peeled. I say this repeatedly because I don't understand creation timetables and I keep promising things too soon, but there will be new stuff <laughs> coming shortly, shortly, longly. It's coming, I swear. Um, but uh, it, it, that I, oh, I'm so excited. I want to talk about it now, but I'm not going to because, you know, we got to finish ironing out the, the last little kinks. This, but this thing that's coming, it's there's nothing else out there like it and it's going to be cool. Right. Groovy. 
So, um, well, let's talk about sausage. <laughs> um, yes. Um, Please. Okay, so I think I understand just the main reason that you love Les Claypool and private, uh, how to call him, Primus, Mr. Primus, uh, Primus uh, as a band. I don't know of too many artists on the bass that has the level of skill that he has combined with a, a different approach to style and implementation of music. He is just amazing when it comes to not only just the grooves that he can come up with, but when it di diverts into a solo or something like that, he is just stunningly good. Would you say that's probably why you follow him? Um, I, I think that's why I initially started liking the band. And, and I can remember it. Uh, we were I, I don't remember how old I was necessarily, but we were at the elementary school basketball courts. And we were just playing basketball with some kids that were older than us. And one of the older kids had a, 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 a boom box right a uh, portable um music player for for you kids out there that had a compact disc player in it so <laughs> it was running off of some d batteries uh, you know uh and they were playing sailing the seas of cheese and i i they, i was listening to this on the side so like some people would be they'd play for a little bit and i'd be sitting on the side i'm like what is this like what like this is this is weird i don't like this but i like this <laughs> who, who is this so i had to, I had to ask one of the, the older kids like who is this and they told me and so that album sailing the seas of cheese has its own unique now if you listen to les claypool actually Play and you're familiar with the playing techniques and styles he plays so many different types of techniques on the bass on that album and the ones before it and the ones after it but i think that's part of it the unique sound that you get the fact that the person playing the bass guitar was quote the lead or the person controlling the band to an extent he's the paul mccartney and it's it's a unique sound and the the vocals and I'll, I'll we'll come back to this again too and you'll bring it up but like vocals are a way to very easily detract you from listening to something and for some reason on this one the vocals just resonated with me and fit the music and fit the profile to me like it sounded great so the whole thing made sense and as i delved into listening to the primus stuff you get into youtube world where you find all of these random videos um from when they were young when they were touring when they're at a music studio when they're at a radio station playing songs and you get a chance to actually watch them play the the a written, the, the the primus lineup that we know of is such a cohesive unit they're like one of the best three person three piece bands in terms of cohesiveness and how well they play together and actually the skill quality. I, I think one of the things he tends to less people tends to overshadow the other members of the band. And when you have really good artists in the band and all you're focusing on is less Claypool, you lose some of that 
skill that's that's actually you're actually seeing and i think on the sausage album jay lane is a really really good drummer and you sometimes get that gets lost uh you know tim alexander in primus is a really 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 good drummer and he just gets overshadowed or over overlooked a lot but not by the people who listen to a lot of music and know that type of stuff they tend to say oh my gosh he's so good blah 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 more like the casual uh, listens yep yep so i i think i think on on this album you're right that's what drew it to me is just i i've always been a bass person which is you know in terms of the albums that you gave me you, you that really comes strong in a lot of that music as well but yes in terms of primus sausage less claypool it's just that forefront is attractive to me yeah. at least well and i i, I get that too because i i love that i love having the bass be prominent and not just kind of faded into the background and, and be an equal part more of an equal part to, to what you're presented with and it's definitely cohesive and and on top of that kind of going back to the the vocals thing les claypool has a very signature style of singing very nasal um it's in it's it's intentional very stylized um you will always recognize that it's him when he's singing. And a lot of times he likes to use effects on the microphone, very specific microphones. Um, and that's important for branding, if nothing else. But it does give a very specific flavor to the music. And I think a lot of times it works. However, um, listening to this particular album it almost distracted me from from listening to anything else. Um, so, okay, so the let's start with the first track, uh, Prelude to Fear. Um, just the, they, they wanted to come out strong. I mean, clearly, the, the first track they put on there, they wanted to just kind of put the best foot forward in terms of, of just some high-quality high and difficult level of play. And you can hear it in everything. The guitar is fantastic. The bass is awesome. Um, they do some interesting stuff with some eerie backup vocals, which is, is a nice effect on this one. Um, but every time he starts to just sing, it's like, I, I'd love this song if they just dialed that back by about 50%. Um, <laughs> just, just leave it in the background. I, I had a hard time getting past it on this one. And maybe just because it's one of the earlier one of the earlier albums and the mixing isn't the same because I know I didn't have that problem on swimming the seas of cheese. Um, I didn't have that problem on at least two or three of their albums, but other ones I've listened to has been more of an issue. You occasionally give me videos and a lot of those live performances is really an issue. I have a hard time getting past, past the vocals. Um, um, but a lot of those that I send to you too, he's using that secondary mic, which God, just drives you crazy. That thing is it drives just, me crazy too, actually. It's junk. Oh my lord! I want to just throw it against a wall. Um, but uh, you know, going into the uh, second track, that self-titled, um, it kind of stays consistent. The bass is still good. The vocals get worse. Uh, <laughs> and I, that that was the one they did the the video for. Yeah, that was the one that was yeah. on MTV. Uh, I just, I, I tried, I really tried to get into it. It's like, no, I've got to, I've got to get past this. They switch things up on here's the man. They get more of a groove. 
uh, less of a, a progressive, it feels like, is more of almost like um, uh, almost a funk kind of influence on that one, which was really nice. Uh, the bass riff that he does about halfway through the song is phenomenal. It's just, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a um, it's not a solo. It's just this little flare that he does in between, like the bridge, and just bloop, and right right there. It's just just that little squirt of uh, of lemon juice is just fantastic and helped get me past uh, the, the vocals, which continued to degrade into the third track it's just worse and worse in each each one uh, or at least worse to me and I, I have to be clear about this this is not a, a detraction uh, at at any rate this is just um the way it resonates with my listen because i i know i know that there are people that love this and there are a ton of them so that means to me i know it's good i just have trouble enjoying it for the for that reason it's, it's i we're talking about the same five songs from guns and roses i have that same problem with guns and roses on certain tracks his voice just annoys the crap out of me on some songs, but not on others. Mm-hmm. So I have that exact same thing with Primus. It, it hits me right on some songs, and it just hits me completely wrong on others. Um, shattering song, the fourth track. Um, it's meandering all over the place. Just kind of felt like pointless walk. Uh, <laughs> but less vocals in that one. Less vocals in that one. Uh, burn, burn the butter churn over, over, over and over again. It's like, just be quiet. Um, <laughs> I, I told you that I told you that the, the, there'd be re- repeated same nonsense. Like repeated. it's like, what are you doing? Um, they redeemed themselves in the fifth track toys had again, really nice, uh, baseline, but not just good baselines. They, they did a lot of change-ups in, in the way that was presented. That was really, really nice to hear. Um, and the vocals are much less annoying in that song. So that's one of the ones where it's like, oh, yeah, this is one I could listen to regularly. And it, it just didn't get to me. So it, it blended better for whatever reason. Toys was better. Uh, temporary phase, just bland. Uh, it, it probably it was good, but in comparison to this, the amazing bass lines and everything else in the other songs, it just felt boring. Um girls for single men uh you know i said that track four was meandering all over the place uh girls for single men was a rambling mess it was just discordant and fighting itself nothing matched it's i had a really hard time getting through that twice um uh, track eight recreating uh they used some really interesting distortion in that track that i really liked um on the bass and uh the vocals were still a bit of an obstacle but not as bad um and then uh, the last one um caution should be used while driving uh the bass is not as prominent to me in that one um it's very repetitive um it seems like the um the the construction sound uh, sounds that they put into it just didn't help anything it just got got in the way. Um, he does, I will say, a fantastic impression of an emergency siren. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Uh, this is one of those CDs that's like, you know, this was really interesting. I'm never going to listen to this again. <laughs> Ever again. Yeah, yeah it, for, for me, it's a good 
it's a good change of pace and and i i don't know it's it's nice it's almost like when you when you discover your favorite artist and then you find out that your favorite artist has albums that you'd never heard or seen before and you're like oh my gosh it's all new music and then you listen to the music and it's like yeah it's kind of it's kind, yeah it's kind of but it's not but it is but it's not like for me uh that was with Soundgarden where like last year I discovered the Ultra Mega Okay a whole new album that came out in like the late 80s like 89 and like this is a whole this is a whole new album that I had never heard before from one of my favorite albums with the whole complete lineup. And I was just like, this is wow. I listened to that thing quite a bit because it was so different and unique and new. Yeah, that's um, a good album. And this one is not the sausage is not unique or new to me, but like I said, it's just a change of pace. So it's good when you're listening to all the Primus stuff and like, let's take a break and just listen to this because it's different. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Oh, so what did you think? I gave you a hard one because I had forgotten in my uh, age and uh, deteriorating mental capacity that the one that I gave you was a, a two-disc set. <laughs> yes. So um, what, what's the total running time? See, the 18 songs, one hour and 15 minutes. It's not like it's forever. No. Right? But you know, most albums are in the 45-minute range give or take so this one obviously was a little bit longer but i i guess the one thing i i wish i would have done when listening to this and i like i said i've listened to the whole thing multiple times i listened to the the first album of this three times and then the second album probably one and a half to two times and there's a reason behind that but um the first time i listened to it i had my headphones on i have a good set of headphones and i think a lot of times when you're really listening to music and and i could tell i have a good set of headphones and i was out doing like yard work while i was listening to this so it's not like i had a piece of paper or anything to write notes on to to do this but i can definitely tell the difference when listening to that music on my headphones compared to listening to it let's say in the car or listening to it just on like a stereo in at home and i could identify the tracks so much better and get the individual components so much better on the headphones hmm. so i i did it the the, the very my, my very first thing when i listened to it so like the first track um because it's like i said it's it, it's two albums there's the yellow album and the green album basically so it's it's called yellow and green mm-hmm. the first the first track is the theme song and it's it's just like a you know kind of like an intro one minute thing i'm waiting for like this this build up and it's just like three chords just played over again yep. and i'm waiting for something to just like blow up cuz i didn't i didn't have my my phone in front of me to see the this was a track i didn't see that it wasn't just like a, a one off minute and a half track i thought it was part of the intro song i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i'm like is, is there gonna um where's the song at and then it just kind of goes into the next song and i'm just like okay whatever and then the, the person starts singing the the they start singing i'm like oh okay he he gave me a dutch band <laughs> i'm like i was thinking of my i was legitimately thinking of my, i was like the first thing was the dutch 
And the reason that I was thinking that, I don't know, but I was thinking more, uh, you know, Northern Europe or Scandinavia because there's a lot of Norwegian and Swedish bands. But like the when the first track of him singing sounded really like a person that English wasn't their first language. <laughs> a little bit. And it was it was a Scandinavian language. And it had like that deep tone with like the Scandinavian accent on it. I was like, oh, okay. He gave me a band that's not, that's from Europe. That's cool. I like, I like Rammstein. I like other German bands. Like this isn't going to be a big deal. Cool. And then the song kept going on and playing like, wait, wait, like, is, is this a European band? (laughs) No, no, this, I don't think so. No, it's not. (laughs) And then I, and then I got, once I, was done with the yard work and I, I came back and looked at the information from like, Oh, they're from Georgia. Weird. Uh, but <laughs> it can be like its own language down there. Sometimes. So correct. So that's, that was my, my very first impression on that. But the other thing I got out of it too, and in the course of me watching all these YouTube videos and digging yourself into a YouTube hole, um, I, I got into a YouTube hole of Warwick bases. So like artists that play Warwick basses and the sounds that they make and, you know, like uh, Peanut from 311, Robert Truillo from Metallica. And we should do a whole episode on him because he is so underutilized oh, yeah. with Metallica. And oh, yeah. He's so skilled. He could do so much other stuff, but that's its own sound. But it sounded to me like, oh, well, these guys are jamming out the that it has that Warwick bass sound like that thick bass like this dude's got that good sound with it or or actually it's not a dude it's it's actually uh, uh a woman who's doing the 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 bass on this and it sounded really good like it was strong and the first few songs it was really strong it was prominent like you could hear the bass i was like oh this is great like you're they're really they're really mixing this with a strong bass line and so i really appreciated that um and then the, you listen to the vocals more and there are two, maybe three vocal tracks. Yep. And it's just, it's not one's backing and one, it's overlap. Just layers. So it's just layers of the vocal track. And it's like, that's interesting. And as I, as I listen to the songs, once again, I'm doing yard work on this. I don't have any information on, I'm not looking at anything. I'm like, this band is from the 2000s. I could just tell. <laughs> like, because it sounds like a lot of the other bands, in a sense, that you have tried, like you have introduced me, you know, Seven Dust is a good example. I've been trying to listen to Seven Dust, where it's like, it has this sound, and then they start singing, and I'm like, no. And <laughs> then they do, and like, they're, they're, they, throw ballady stuff in the middle of it in the middle of their heavy metal stuff and i'm like no that's like <laughs> you hate that change two, up. that's the 2000s metal like that's what that's what you did in the 2000s um that was like the millennial music that the kid that grew up in the 2000s like oh man this metal's great and i'm just like no no this isn't but that that was my impression. Of course, I looked at it like, yep, this is mid 2000s, like 2004 or five is when they kind of got together. Uh, so like those were my Im- impressions on it. And as you go through this album, 
the first album and the second album for good reason they're distinct like they're two different types of of albums but the the metally part kind of comes in strong kind of gets toned down and kind of picks back up again towards the end like my favorite song that was on this was eula which was like the last track on that first one that's and that's solid. not really like it's not metally in a certain sense it's a mixed bag, right, of things. But for some reason, that one just catches my attention. Um, and then I liked Cocainium. Uh, co co I, I like to say it differently. But uh, I like that song as well because it did it, non-traditional sounding in, in a certain sense. Like yep. you're expecting more of the metal stuff and you come to these other ones and it's like, well, this isn't metal, but it's not pop and it's not rock it's like a it's like this it's like a fusion fusion of the things yeah so i definitely like the progression of that but like i said in my opinion they saved the best for for last and then you go to the green album and the green album i have many ways to describe the green album <laughs> i do think the the first song is the best song on that album the theme it, the well you know not the theme sorry <laughs> the, the first song oh, uh, board up board up the house yeah that was my favorite on the second one but for the people listening to the podcast here's how i can describe this i have kind of three ways to describe my impression that i get of this green album and what i this isn't like what, what you were saying before like this isn't I'm not deriding. This isn't right. derogatory. This is how I feel this second album. This is my way to describe it. Three different ways. Okay. You're watching a CW show. And on the CW show, it's for teens, tweens, and maybe some right at the 20-year-old phase. And those teens and 20-year-olds, um, some of them have a band. And then sometimes in that band, they'll show episodes of them practicing songs. But then um, there'll be one episode where that band plays songs at maybe the high school prom, or they'll have like a performance in their middle to small town that maybe 20 people, 50 people come to watch. They'll do one song. Yeah. They'll do one song. And that is that music. Okay. So there's that. Um, second thing. Okay. So there is a, a, a church and this church has a large congregation hundreds of people so the church is fairly big but it's a modern church this modern church has a lot of technologies speakers you know uh, big tv screens so there you can you can really present things to the people way in the back who can't see because it's such a big congregation right okay but it has a stage it has a big stage and there's lots of money because there's lots of congregation. So this stage has a way to set up. There's a nice drum kit that's in the back. And a lot of the congregation, they have talents. And it could be young, young kids to you know older middle-aged adults. And they have guitars. And they have people that can play guitar. And they can play the drums. And they can play the bass. And they can play different instruments. So there's 20 or so of these people in this congregation. And they get together and they practice. And then on Sundays, they as people are getting seated, they're playing music. 
And then when the the session, when when the, the stuff starts at, let's say, 9 a.m., they play more songs for about 15 minutes. That's that music. <laughs> in the course of in the course of everything, there is a five minute presentation about how someone um, one of the members of the church has done something that was very impressionable to the rest of the peoples in the congregation, uh, their life. And it made an impact on that person's life. So as they're doing this presentation, there's music that's playing in the background. That's their theme. That's that music. So that's, there, there's my three ways to describe what the second album sounds like. If people, if you can get an impression on what I'm trying to, how the, how I'm trying to present it to you, it, that's the, Seriously, like I said, I listened to it a couple times. Like, okay, now I identify. Okay, now I now I see it. That's that's what it is. And once again, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not deriding that. I'm like, I'm trying to identify it. Get it. Get it close to something that that means something in your life. Yeah, that's that's what it is right there. <laughs> so I definitely, if you can't tell, enjoyed the the green album better than the yellow album no opposite yellow album because yellow one's first i like the yellow one better than the green one and there are some songs in the green that are just when you listen to songs and you're for like like you you sat down you concentrated you listen to them on a, on it and it's you're doing it to take notes if you're doing yard work like I was doing, it's easy to listen to those things because you're keeping busy. But when you're driving, let's say you're in the car and it's a boring drive, you're going to work or whatever. It's a 20 minute drive and a song comes on and it's playing for two minutes and you're just like, um, next, uh, next. Okay. Next. <laughs> so that that's what ended up happening to me. That's why I said, I listened to it about, one and a half to two times because i legitimately listened to the whole thing once and i want to say almost all of those songs i listened to again it's just i didn't listen to them congruently one after another i listened to one like i can now skip and then i came come back to it later on well i'm definitely with you in the fact that i like the yellow better than i like green um and cocaineum is one of my favorites uh or so i keep calling it cocaineum cocaineum uh, it's one of my favorites off of that first one, though I do like "Take My Bones Away" uh, quite a bit. That, that one's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 thing about this band and this co this comparison for me, or not this band, uh, this album set, uh, and this comparison is not direct in terms of how the music sounds or the category that it's in, but uh, for me. It reminds me of um, techno or house music, not not in how it's put together, but how I'm going to listen to it. This is background music, so I, I laughed a little bit when you were talking about um, uh, when you talked about doing this while you're mowing the lawn. That's like, well, that's exactly when you want to listen to it because it's just something in the background and it kind of complements whatever it is that you're doing. You don't have to pay real close attention. It's got melody. It's got some drive, some groove when you need it to have, but it, it flows from one track to the next. It's very well orchestrated where it's supposed to move from point A to point B. I thought they did that extraordinarily well. Um, but it's like, it's like uh, the 
music uh, in, that we used to get. Well, no, still get to a certain extent at the end of a movie. If it's not, yes. if it's not the main artist, like they they couldn't get, uh, you know, everybody. They, they didn't get Metallica to do the exit. Well, we'll get. We just need something, something to play. <laughs> it's there's a young adult movie, and in that young adult movie, they're going. It's something exciting. They're at this one place, and then as they as the screen as a scene shifts, and the music picks up because you're shifting scenes. It's one of these songs. <laughs> from the first album and it's there it's that 30 seconds as they're showing that person walking down the street to go to their big building where they're going to meet this person and then they get into the building and they meet this person and that move the music kind of shifts down to the low the background noise like that's that music yes yeah. so i i kind of I, I that's groovy to me i i, I like that part i also kind of like it um from a, a different standpoint it's not the music part but I find it interesting that they had a similar incident that Metallica did and that they had a, a huge bus accident. Uh, nobody died, luckily. Nobody died, but, but it, it, uh, well, it, it, it seemed like it definitely shifted their sense of where they were going. as a band. Yeah. They toured with Metallica, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did. Early, and, early on. Yeah, and Hatfield uh, was... I don't know if you could call it a mentor, but uh, kind of definitely took an interest in the band. Uh, which was which was really cool. I thought I would I would like to to know a little more about that. But uh, yeah, I just this is this is one of those things. This is if I'm looking for a specific song to listen to, this is almost never going to be the band that's going to pop up. But if I want to put something on and to kind of help me focus on what I'm doing, yeah, I like to have this on because it's it's there enough, but not distractingly so. Yes. The first album. <laughs> well, we would love to get uh, your opinion. I mean, if you listen to this episode and contact us, uh, let us know on on Twitter or on Instagram or or Facebook. We will definitely uh, respond. Uh, listen to either. Listen to both. Uh, give us your impressions. Tell us something that we missed, or if you're already a fan of these particular bands, tell us an interesting nugget that maybe we don't know. If you're a member of these bands, please contact us. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> we, we, we've even tried to reach out to certain individuals, but we have not heard anything yet. Yes. Um, talk, please. Yes. But uh, until next time, we're definitely going to do this again. We're also probably going to do this with a movie in the future. But uh, unless something really interesting comes up uh, next week, we will be going into the next segment of the history of comic book movies. Uh, continuing our trek down the road and where they came from, what we liked about them, and when the CGI actually started getting good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and 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 made more money so that they could afford to do more CGI because they had a bigger budget. Exactly. But uh, keep watching movies, keep listening to music, stay sane out there, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>